Hey, Emily. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, ladies. Who said that? It's me, Nicole. Well, Nicole, do you want to do a podcast? Absolutely. Welcome to Cycle Swaps, a podcast where it's time to stop the competition and start the collaboration. In this episode, we are swapping with a gal who shares impactful and insightful conversations around how we can break through our anxiety and find inner peace so we can go after our biggest, most ambitious dreams and have fun doing it. She's anxious and ambitious, the host of the podcast, you guessed it, anxious and ambitious, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is fun. We get to flip the script on you. It's literally been, I don't know, probably five days since we did your podcast recording. So this is super soon after. So it's nice. It's like another extra girls night, which is great. So I'm excited to talk to you, get to know you, put you on the spot, get to know a little bit more about your podcast and yeah, get the message out there. So my first question in this is always what inspired you to start your podcast? Yeah. So the inspiration behind my podcast was really twofold. So I've always loved listening to podcasts. When I was in my nine to five, I would listen for my hour commute there and home. So two hours of podcasts a day. When I ended up leaving my job, I started working for a company that helps podcast guests to perform well on podcasts. So I was really like immersed into the podcasting world at this time. And at the same time, as I started this new role, my anxiety started to act up a lot again, because there was all sorts of new things, right? I was outside of my typical comfort zone. And so this idea I was playing with was I had these big ambitious dreams of being like financially independent while also being location free and being able to make this big impact on the world. But then I also had this anxiety come up. And so it was a little bit of a journey, but while working with some of those clients who were these like badass entrepreneurs, I'm sorry, am I allowed to swear on here? Ass is good. Anything else? I'll just bleep it out. Everyone loves an ass. Yeah. Yeah. So I was learning from all these badass entrepreneurs who really all had their own stories of going through some type of fear and anxiety. And I started to realize that these ideas of anxious and ambitious, they weren't mutually exclusive. And oftentimes they really had a lot of overlap. I would say that most people who have some big ambitions have faced some sort of fear or anxiety along the way. And so I really wanted to open up the conversation around this to break the stigma because I find anxiety is not something that we oftentimes talk about, especially from the lens of of a place of power. So I wanted to really flip the script on that and show that you can be anxious and still ambitious. You can feel the fear and still live out your biggest dreams. So yeah, that's really what inspired me. I love that message. That's great. And so, but I do have a question. What were you doing in your nine to five? Was it also some sort of like marketing or communications? No, actually. So in my nine to five, I was a recreation therapist. So I worked with seniors with dementia in a long-term care facility. And it was at the height of the pandemic when I graduated and entered, I actually got my dream job and I was really like living my dream in there. But I, I knew that I wanted to do more travel 
traveling and I wanted to have more location independence. And it just wasn't fair to my, my group of people there, my work, all of that. So I wanted something that would give me more of that freedom. And I was also craving a bit more of a bigger impact, although I didn't know exactly what it was going to be at the time. Oh, I love that. That's great. The idea of knowing that you want something a little bit different than what you have and then being able to go out and find that and like still being able to use that degree of helping people, right? Which is what you were doing and what you're doing now, I think is really beautiful and something that we talk about all the time on this show is even if you're not physically doing the thing that you went to school for, there are ways to use your degree. And I think you're totally fulfilling your degree and using it even now. So I love that. That's amazing. Yeah, for sure. I love that you said that because I think a lot of the time we get we get in our degree and we think, oh, I have to to be in a role of this. But yeah, there's so many possibilities out there. Yeah. And you just have to kind of dream it and make it work for that degree. And really the possibilities are endless. I always tell my students that whenever we're talking possibilities are endless. I think we just limit ourselves by the little blindfold that we put on like the horses to keep them kind of centered. Well, I also think it's a little bit scary too. Sometimes when people, at least I can say from my point of view, like the idea of being super successful is kind of a daunting task. And so sometimes you shrink your, your world a little bit because you're like, oh, it's safer if I shrink it. And then of course you have the people who are super ambitious and who, who go for it. And despite how nervous they feel, they continue to push. But I think it's interesting that it all has that same core of fear fear of something, right? Fear of having too much. And how do I deal with this success? Fear of failure. Okay. I have to push extra hard and I can't ever give myself time off, you know? And that is what anxiety is, is just the fear of something. It's like the fear of itself. So I think there's uh, two, two different lenses you can look through it as, and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a fickle little creature anxiety. I don't know what it looks like, but it's a creature. So <laughs> I think we usually consider it a monster on our show is what we refer to it as the anxiety yeah, monster. Sometimes it's just a little, it's just an annoying little creature. You're just yeah. like, oh. So it's like a Pokemon and it evolves into yeah, different kind things. Of. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Sometimes you got to put it back in the Pokeball. It's a whole thing. Perfect. I, I love it. Now I'm just picturing a storyboard of what that looks like with like finding a little anxiety creature that turns into the anxiety monster later on. You're like, oh crap, get him back in the ball. But anyway, so what is the goal of your podcast and what can listeners expect to learn when they listen to it? Yeah. So the goal of my podcast is really to break this stigma around anxiety and challenge how we talk about it, how we think about it, how we manage it. Because, you know, for many of us, we grew up not talking about anxiety. It was kind of a taboo subject, stigmatized, especially if you were somebody who was ambitious and had these big dreams. You may have thought that, you know, people might look at you a little bit differently if you talk about it or they might discriminate against you. And so I really want to change this and open the dialogue up around anxiety, as well as like spread more education around it, because I think none of us are really taught how to properly take care of and manage our mental health. So I really want to make this dialogue and this education more accessible so that we can all have a better chance at understanding our anxiety and working with it so that it can actually help us to achieve our dreams instead of holding us back. 
So listeners can expect to hear a lot of like powerful conversations with really powerful people who have experience of anxiety or help others through their anxiety. And I also share solo episodes where I dive into my own story and things that have helped me through my journey. Do you mainly just talk to women, Nicole, or are you talking to men and everybody else in between as well? Or is it just centered on women? Because I think the conversation of anxiety and women is a little different lens than just seeing anxiety, of course, as a whole, because I, I just think, unfortunately, I know how I grew up and anxiety was just kind of part of how I was raised as a female. So I'm, I'm just curious about that. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. While there is overlap between the experiences of anxiety, there's some major differences. So really my podcast is targeted at those highly sensitive, high achieving women. Although like, I mean, I have had a male guest on the show. I definitely have some male listeners. It's not exclusive. You know, I don't say women only if you're a male get out, but it definitely is more targeted towards women as well as because that's been my experience being a woman. Yeah, of course. And like I said, it's just something I think that we kind of have learned from generation to generation. It's kind of put on us because we are so structured in how we're growing, aging and evolving that people are trying to contain us. And that already like the idea of being contained causes so much anxiety. I think that's kind of what happens to women as a, a whole. We're kind of smushed into this box and we're just trying to break out of it constantly. And that is definitely tied to anxiety. That's what I wanted to ask you, Nicole, was you said, you know, you share little bits and pieces of your own story. What have you found was something that kind of went across all your personal stories and the stories you've heard from these other women? Like, what's the link that you guys have in common? What's something you found that you had in common? You're like, oh, it's not just me. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a lot of things, but along the lines of being like anxious and ambitious women, I find that a lot of it is like, we tie our worth to this achievement. Mm. So a lot of the time, like growing up, it's like, you know, you get the love if you if you are an achiever or be a good little girl. And we have all these expectations put on us and then when we're trying to live through these expectations instead of in a way that's authentic to ourselves then this anxiety comes up and I really I think a lot of it has to do with this misalignment between who you are truly meant to be as your soul and this person that you're trying to show up as. And I don't think people realize how hard that is. I mean, I'm pretty vocal about it for myself. I've, I'm, I think, two years into therapy now, something like that, year and a half. And it really, when you start to dig and you start to get to the core of why your body is producing these faulty wires, you're like, oh, this goes a lot deeper. Now, in the case of like anxiety disorders, Sometimes there's a cause, sometimes there's not, but more likely than not, it's just something that's built up over time and you have to retrain your amygdala, your fear center to let go of that. And it's, it's really tough work, but I feel like almost makes sense that people who are so ambitious end up suffering from some form of heightened anxiety because there's such a pressure that it's not even the outer world. It's themselves. Like it starts as outward. And then as you start to get older, it starts to become like, yeah, what you said, your worth is tied to it. So how could you not be nervous when every step that you're taking is tied to like, whether or 
not you're going to be accepted or whether you're going to get that raise or whether you're going to pay your bills. I mean, it, it, it like steamrolls into a bunch of different things. So what's a favorite piece of advice you've learned from a guest? One of the favorite pieces of advice that I've picked up from a guest is, is from the life coach, Nick Devlin, who I featured on the podcast. And he really talks about how to view fear as a friend. And I think this is in opposition to how a lot of us tend to look at fear, right? Like a lot of the time when we feel that fear, we want to run away from it, hide from it. Like this is a sign that I shouldn't be doing that thing, but that really isn't always the case. So I love how he talks about leaning into the fear and figuring out what the gift is on the other side of that fear or what that fear is supposed to be teaching you. I recently came across a phrase where it's anxiety is your greatest teacher, not your adversary. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, that totally makes sense, right? You learn, I feel like you learn more going through tough times, like as awful as that sounds, when you're in a good space and you're going through stuff, you're learning, but it's not as impactful as when you go through something tough. And then you're like, whoa, it helps you learn how to, I think make the good better somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think at a certain level, sometimes all of us just need to to collapse and, and to go through those hard times because it has certain lessons to teach us to make us into the person that we're meant to be. So of course, while you're in the midst of it, sometimes you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> this sounds horrible. Like, I'm I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. But one of the quotes that that reminds me of is, is, you know, sometimes when you're in a dark place, you feel like you've been buried, but really you've been planted. And so I think there is so much growth that we can go through in these dark times. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I answer a, a lot of things on this website, Harrow. It's help a reporter out. I answer so many. It's crazy. I must. I get, I'm constantly getting emails like, hi, my name is Emily Palacios. <laughs> I can have a part time job literally emailing these people. But one of the ones that I was just responding to was this prompt of mistakes and failures and what we can do to like learn from it. And I was like, in both of the responses that I had, I was like, well, I, I think first things first, we have to take the negative connotations away from those words because mistake and failure, we already put bad, like the stamp goes on it. Like Santa has read the list and bad just bad right away. I think if we reframe and retrain that brain to think, well, what can I learn from this mistake, this failure, then it isn't bad. It is helpful because it's teaching you something. And in that is growth in that is evolution. And we should be welcoming it instead of, you know, immediately banishing it and exiling it from our mind, from our life, from our story, because everybody has made a mistake. Everybody has had a failure, but it's what you do with those things that therefore kind of help you on the right path. I think it's kind of silly to me to think of things as only negative, right? It's just a word. Yeah, for sure. And I think so many of us have that fear of failure. And I mean, it can hold us back. But if you look at the most successful people, they've really just failed the most number of times. So something that's been really big for me has been learning to adopt that growth mindset instead of the fixed mindset. And I think it's really easy for people who are anxious and ambitious to get stuck in that fixed mindset of, you know, if I performed that way, then that's me as opposed to using each experience as an opportunity for growth. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think most of the women that we've spoken to that are, are definitely coming from like corporate America backgrounds, most of them will say that like they are so lucky that they have left that situation because they see the women that are working and putting themselves out there there and they're just constantly being looked over, berated, pushed under the rug. And like they are so ambitious to grow. But with that ambition comes the anxiety and then they have a lot of you know a lot of them will say that they've had they had to take a mental health break or they had to leave that job because it was too much it was just too much on their on their brain on their life the boundary of work and home wasn't being placed so i think that's most of the women that we have spoken to on our podcast are dealing with this sense of ambition 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 in a man's world so to say and it, it's almost too much it gets too much and they are like i, I give up they put up the white flag and say i i surrender then and it's it's crazy to me that that is what happened as stephanie will say and as she's said on the podcast it's definitely what happened to her and i'm curious if you're interested in sharing and we can totally cut this but what is your story with anxiety yeah i mean my story with anxiety is is a little bit like long and loopy but on these lines of what you're saying about you know a lot of women encountering it. I find that with me, a lot of it was detaching from my feminine energy and really trying to live from that place of masculine. So it was all focused on like, do, do, do. I need to achieve. I need to go out and, and do the thing and, and be working and hustling and grinding. And when I started to learn about feminine energy and how I can align with that place of flow and achieve these ambitions, but from a place of more peace as opposed to this hustle, it was a huge game changer for me. So I, I totally think that that's a, a theme throughout for women. But with regards to my own personal experiences of anxiety, I was like, I loved learning, very curious as a little girl. And then at a certain point, I started to tie my worth to my achievements, right? As I think a lot of us do. And so, you know, all of my school achievements, all of my sports achievements, it was no longer for fun or out of enjoyment, like how it once was, but out of this pressure to perform and to succeed, to be enough and to receive love and all of those things that we tie it to. And I think like a lot of us, we even tie it to survival, right? Because especially as a kid, you're like, well, if I want to get a job and that's how I'm going to feed myself and how am I supposed to do that if I don't perform in this way? And so it all eventually became really overwhelming. And it was also sort of coinciding with, I was a very spiritual kid. So I was actually like seeing spirits. And so it was really overwhelming to be both highly sensitive, feeling other people's emotions, also experiencing these other realms while being a high achiever. So at a certain point, my body, I feel like just sort of shut down. And so I was having like regular panic attacks every day, not able to make it to school, no longer able to attend all the things that I once was able to do. So it was a, it was a quite a long journey, but for the sake of time, I guess that was like the height of my anxiety was really as a teenager with all of those pressures. It's something, honestly, anybody that's gone through, like we call it normal people anxiety, which we feel like, you know, that's what Emily has. I miss the days <laughs> that I had like a normal anxious feeling towards something because when you start going through more of a disordered form of it it like skews the way that you live your life 
and it starts to very much shrink your life. And so I think it's important for people to understand that it doesn't define you. It's a part of you, but it's it shouldn't be what you listen to to make your decisions in life. And that sometimes when you are anxious, that means you're doing something you're unsure of, but I think risk over reward. I would rather follow the fear any day. I mean, I've I've learned, I used to run from feeling bad. And now when it happens, I'm like, this sucks, but I'm going to go towards it because I know on the other side of this, I'm going to feel like a freaking superhero that I got, th- not even got through it, that I learned how to relate to my anxiety differently. And I think that's the key is like, we kind of were talking a little bit about how, you know, anxiety presents itself. And I think in media, it's a trendy to be like sad and anxious. And I'm like, no, it's not, it's really uncomfortable. (laughs) So I think it's nice what you're doing is you're showing you're not giving into the self-deprecation of it. You're educating and you're also lifting up people who are dealing with it to say, you're not alone. And I think more voices like yours need to be heard on that particular aspect of it, because I think we get lost in incorrect information that gets kind of strewn about in the mental health world. Yeah, for sure. And and thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, for me, what comes to mind when you say that is so many of us, we get tied to that anxiety label, right? We're like, well, I am anxious. And when you start to attach to that, then you're right. Your world starts to shrink because if you're anxious, then how are you supposed to go do that thing? You must set these smaller goals. So I really want to help people to see that like this anxiety is just an experience that you're having and help them understand it as a human experience as opposed to who you are. Because I know for a lot of the time in my life, when I was at the height of my anxiety, I was like, well, I'm anxious. So that's why this is happening, right? As opposed Use to- Use it as an excuse. Well, I'm anxious, so I can't go out today. Or I'm anxious and we have to cut this dinner short. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it Or I have anxiety. Everything. I'm not ever going to be able to do that, right? And so- oh, yeah. Instead of saying I experience anxiety, which is something new I've learned through recovery, because I used to be like, I have anxiety. Now I'm like, yeah, I experience anxiety. I experience anxiety symptoms. It's a good differentiation. Is that a word? Yep. Yeah. Hey, smart. It's a good thing, I think, to to put that out there because those little things are what retrains you to be able to kind of live in balance with it. Well, isn't it crazy how just like just the turn of a phrase can make you and your brain because your brain is so smart that and Stephanie always says your brain loves you. It's protecting you. Yeah. Yeah. So your brain is so smart and just it hearing the words that you're saying is going to alter it and then alter your intentions and emotions along with that. So crazy that you can just alter just the little bitest phrase and it can change your entire being, your entire self with just the turn of a word. And that's pretty incredible. Yeah. So we're talking about change and we always are so grateful to our podcast and how much we've changed and grown and evolved through this almost two-year journey now with Cycle Chats, which is crazy. I can't believe that we're going to be at two years in January. It's nuts. So how has podcasting changed your life? 
Yeah. I mean, podcasting has changed my life in a lot of ways. One of them has been really this ability to open up the conversation around anxiety, right? Because I haven't had these types of conversations prior to having the podcast, right? Like I wouldn't have talked to you ladies about the depths of your anxiety and even just sharing with people the topic of my podcast. I find it encourages them to want to share little bits of their experience that they've had with anxiety. So that's been really cool. And also just learning and exploring with these amazing guests like I have some really cool people on there who have taught me really awesome things and I know my listeners have also learned a lot so that's been amazing just being able to learn from these experts and grow and expand as a person while sharing the message with the world a hundred percent our last cycle swaps with Alexi she was like when she answered this question she was like yeah you know every time I talk to a guest I just feel like I should be like should I pay you? Do you want some money? Because she's taking away so much from the conversation. And it's it's true. It's so lucky that we're able to literally be forever students because of this avenue of work that we're in. And I think it's such a beautiful thing that we're capable of doing. And I literally never want to stop because I just think I want all the information. I want all the perspectives because more growth, the better. And then I can spread that growth and hopefully, you know, somebody else gains so much from it and walks away and has a different perspective and a different thought and a different takeaway from a situation. And I think that's like the coolest thing about this space is that, like you said, it's just opening up conversation, having conversations with other women that you never would have spoken to without this platform. It just, it opens so many doorways. I don't care if we have a hundred thousand listeners. The fact that I'm gaining something from this is like, Hey, hands, hands down the best thing. And I know people are taking away from it, but the fact that I also get to take away from it. Hello like best job ever. Right. It's such a bonus. I love it. Yeah. Oh, the biggest bonus. It is the biggest cherry on top of that sprinkle sundae with no banana on the bottom because I do not like bananas. I want a brownie on the bottom of my sundae. No bananas. So since I know all of the women that we have spoken to on our podcast, all the women that we speak to doing cycle swaps are so empowering. These conversations are literally, I walk away with them and I I replay them in my brain. Then I get to re-listen to them when I edit it. What else could you want in life? So what does women empowerment mean to you? Oh, I love this question. So I'd say women empowerment to me is really all about freedom. So like freedom to be able to do the work that she wants to do, freedom to wear what she wants to wear, freedom to express ourselves freely, choose what we want to do with our time. And without being bound by specific rules or restrictions for women, which a lot of, you know, things are placed on us, responsibilities and things like that. And so for me, a lot of this is breaking free from this idea of what a woman is supposed to be, quote unquote, and allowing us women to really shine as our most authentic self instead of trying to fit into this box of what society tells us that we need to be. And that's why I love your guys' podcast so much because, you know, breaking the cycle of what it means to be a woman, it's huge. And I've been doing this in a lot of different ways throughout my life. So right now I feel like I'm empowering women to, you know, own their emotional experience and and not feel afraid of their vulnerability, right? To be able to have that power despite being emotional and sensitive. And so I'm a big advocate for that. And prior to my Anxious and Ambitious podcast, my Instagram was actually called Brawless and Beautiful. So I've always kind of been an advocate for helping women to break out of the box. You know, my, my thing with Brawless and Beautiful was I got a 
breast reduction when I was 18 because I was having all this different pain from having large breasts. And after the breast reduction, I was still having the pain from my bras. And I was like, there's so much stigma around women with big boobs going braless, but it shouldn't be this way. It's hurting me. It's hurting my back. It's hurting my collarbones, all these things. And when I started to dive into the research, I started to realize like it actually, it harms your boobs too. Like there's a whole lot that I could go into, but that's really where my journey, I guess, of women empowerment got its roots. I love that. So fun little side story. I remember when I first got out of grad school, my second professional acting job was just a two-person show. It was called Cuddles. And the girl that I was doing it with was not wearing a bra. She never wore a bra. She didn't have the biggest boobs or anything, but I, I just saw nipple like all the time through. And I was like, oh, I could never do that. Oh my God. Her nipples are showing through her shirt. My goodness. No, too saucy. Like I just couldn't even picture Emily being able to do that. Well, now Emily never wears a bra except when she's teaching because young college age boys are disgusting. But like other than that, I am braless a hundred percent of the time. Sometimes my nipples are like peeking out of my shirt. I personally like the look. I actually think it's real cute. Listen, but they're my boobies. And like, if you have something to say about them, come and literally just, I'll never forget that girl. Cause that's what started my braless journey was her. I like, I was so inspired by her power in not wearing a bra. She didn't give two shits. I was like, oh, amazing. I was like, I'm going to be that. And now here I am almost 10 years later. I haven't worn a bra in two years. It's been fantastic. Braless and beautiful, baby. I am about that campaign. I'll start it again. Let's burn some bras. Yeah. Let's bring it back. Yeah. I don't, I don't like those things. Let me tell you, they're very restrictive. They always fall down. They're annoying. Terrible. I'm with you a hundred percent. Let's all go braless change the narrative around wearing bras and nipples free the nipple like Zach Braff always says it's my favorite yeah and I mean like there's a multi-million dollar business or billion dollar business rather built around us feeling uncomfortable in our bodies as women so I mean I'm all about you know feel free in your body like you don't need to look a certain way I remember like when I was in high school I was struggling with an eating disorder and the thing that brought that on was wanting to have a thigh gap like how stupid looking back right but that's the problem with social media social media in general too is not good because it promotes that there's a certain body type in like the different a certain types way to of look. bodies yeah and like i think there's a lot of pitting against one another that's why i think it for body positivity it really should just be like kind of love your body enough to take care of it and that's kind of how i've because I very much was similar to you, Nicole. In high school, I went through a breakup and I think I was eating, I, mean, I don't even think I was hitting a thousand calories a day. I was having like spinach and, and like cranberries three times a day. You know, it was just not, it wasn't good. And I was trying to achieve Lord knows what, really. I think what's hard is that we're constantly told like, you were beautiful this way, not beautiful this way. And that's too muscular and you're too big and you're too thin. And you know, everybody's got an opinion on their own definition of what beauty is. And I think that also kind of contributes to that anxious and ambitious part of us because we want to be a certain way, because if we achieve that, then we will be desired and wanted and loved. And I think that's what most women feel. So 
Thank you for sharing that because I know that that's a tough place to be in. And I think it's extremely common, unfortunately, that I feel anxiety and eating disorders go hand in hand because I didn't even put two and two together about myself until I really started to like get honest with myself. And then I was like, yeah, I think I may have had an eating disorder. And my friend's like, no, you definitely did. Like what you were doing was not that wasn't correct. Good old social media. I think you have to have your wits about you when you're on it. And that's why I say I, I wish there are more people like you because you bring on individuals who have not only gone through it so they can share their personal point of view, but they also have credentials to back up what they're doing. So it goes to show you that it really doesn't discriminate. Anxiety touches on, on everyone. So it's like, don't feel bad if you're not this person because they also have anxiety. You know, one of the most successful women that I knew in my life was like miserable in her personal life. She was just like constantly anxious, but she like couldn't see it and didn't want to admit it. So I think you get stuck in chaos because it becomes your way of life. It becomes comfortable in what you know. And this isn't in the questions, but it kind of popped into my head and I'd love to hear your kind of raw, honest take on it. What's one thing as far as being anxious and ambitious that they can use to soothe their anxieties about achieving higher in their life? That's a great question. And so for me, I think a lot of that comes down to mindfulness and developing an awareness around one, what your ambitions are and two, why you're feeling anxious. Because I think a lot of the time we just hit the surface layer of these things, right? It'll be like, well, I want to be a doctor. So I need to get these great grades that I can do the thing. And it's like, well, why do you want to be a doctor? Really examining yeah. these ambitions to be like, is do this you really want to be the doctor? Do your parents want you to be the doctor. Yeah, exactly. And similarly with the anxiety, I mean, I know for me, one of my big challenges with anxiety was that when I would go to doctors and therapists, they would say, why are you anxious? And I'm like, I don't know. I just have this overwhelming feeling of anxiety in my body. And what I started to learn through this mindfulness and increased awareness was that a lot of these feelings that were triggering the anxious emotion were not even mine. So oftentimes I was picking up feelings from those around me being very empathic, you know, being in the room with somebody's tense. Now I feel tense, but I interpret that as a feeling of anxiety. And similarly, even generational stuff, right? A lot of the time we pick up anxieties and emotions and our nervous system carries all these patterns from many generations back. So working to clear that has really helped me to, to change my experience as an anxious and ambitious human. Chef's kiss. That was beautifully, beautifully said. Well, I will start wrapping it up with my last question before Stephanie takes it away. What advice would you give that 15 year old anxious and ambitious young lady? Mm, I love this question so much. And I mean, I also, I think it's worth saying that we can all revisit that 15 year old self and hold space for her. I look at her constantly and talk to her in the mirror or on walks exactly. every day. Yeah. I talk to her in the car. So, I mean, I, I just love to mention that because I think a lot of the time it's so easy to be like, oh, I wish I could go back and say this. And it's like, well, no, we can develop a strong relationship with her still now. And so I guess the advice though, if I were to be able to time travel and go back in time, I would, <laughs> I would 
really just tell myself to stop worrying so much about the things that don't matter and just enjoy living. Because I feel like there was so many times that I was caught up in my head or worried about the next thing that I missed out on the moment. Like I was literally in Hawaii having an anxiety attack in my hotel room instead of enjoying the palm trees. You know what I mean? And I think this is the case for a lot of us. So I would really tell my younger self, like stop worrying about these things and help her to get into the moments that she can really enjoy all the fruits of her life. It's true. Acceptance is absolutely the key. You know, you sometimes you wonder, would I be here now if I was as wise and Zen when I was 15? You know, sometimes I think there's that double-edged sword. You're like, I think I needed to go through that stuff so that I could be this person. But what kind of person would I've been? You know, and that's, I think also anxiety is like, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But I always like to say, can I build a time machine? The answer is no. So why am I thinking about it? And that's been kind of helpful for me. You're lovely. This is our second time talking. Third time because we we spoke previously in person so I just think everyone needs to go over to your podcast and listen and get educated because they know us but they need to know you so where can people find you and do you have anything coming up that we should keep our little eyeballs out for oh well thank you for that recommendation and really the best place to find me is on my podcast so anxious and ambitious I'm available on most podcast streaming platforms I'm not on YouTube at this time but I will be in the future. With regards to upcoming projects, I have a lot of interviews just waiting to be released, including my interview with you guys. So stay tuned for that. I know your listeners will want to hear that. We really dive a lot into Stephanie's story with anxiety and how Emily's been able to support her. So that was super awesome. And yeah, I'm actually starting to dive into sharing a bit more of my story and getting more vulnerable in that way instead of just interviewing other experts. So lots of exciting things in the works over they are on the podcast. That's so exciting. We know how empowering that is because I think through chit chats, we've been able to kind of give more of our opinion on things instead of just listening to experts and learning from them, which is incredible when we do that on cycle chats, but being able to have our own debates and our own conversations. And, you know, the other day we had a conversation, I said something wrong and I got so sweaty and Stephanie had to calm me down on film. So that's going to be a really fun episode to air. Can't wait for that to happen. But that's been a really exciting new venture for us because it is, there is something really empowering about sharing your truth and your narrative and what your story has been because everybody's story is different, but they all have similarities and those similarities are are so beautiful. So I, I love, I love that. I'm excited to listen in and, you know, get to know you better and also see you again in the future when we do podcasting events. To all of our Cycle Cats and Kittens listening, thank you so much for listening. This show is all about women supporting women in the podcasting world. It has been such a gift and a pleasure. We have one more episode of this amazing limited series, and we'll do it again, of course, next year. But just make sure to go back. Listen if you haven't listened to one of these episodes. All of these women are out here grinding hard building communities. And believe me, it is so difficult. So please give them a follow. Please reach out and DM them. Believe me, they need to hear that what they're doing is special because we don't hear it enough of the time. I can say it to myself in the mirror, but hearing it from somebody else, it's nice to get validated every once in a while. So please, please give them a follow, give them a listen because together we really can change the world. And as always, we hope you sync up with us next time. 